Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Broadcasting live on the Mixed Radio Network. You're listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Casey, the floor is yours. All right, how you doing, everybody? Casey Ryan here again for another episode of the cutting room floor. A little podcast that I started to showcase any entertainers from all walks. So I like to say, if you've got a story to tell or a project to sell, I want to hear from you. Uh, so the easiest way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. Ask anybody that knows me. I'm on there all the time. My Twitter handle is at CuttingRoomMRB. Or you can like me on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash CuttingRoomMRB. If you want to be on the show, if you want me to help promote whatever you got going, let me know about it and we'll figure out a way to make it happen. Uh, quick thank you before we get started, as we always do, to the gang over at the Mix uh, Radio Network there for giving me a house to play in and to uh, the Wolf who acts as my announcer every week. Uh, you can listen to him and Susan right here on the mix every friday night from eight o'clock until midnight on the live from the morgue show i've had a lot of fun doing that show so uh sort of a, a general comedy and fun is what i put it but i always look forward to working with the guys from the morgue uh, also to michael cardillo who wrote my opener free gratis for nothing and i'm very very grateful for that michael adds a whole new layer to the show so thanks a lot for for helping me out there um it's palm sunday what can I tell you? Being the recovering Catholic that I am, I've got my priorities in order, so I'm working today. Uh, I am also going to be doing a show on Easter Sunday next week, so um, more content coming down the pipe then, too. So very, very rare that I, uh, I take a weekend off or something. Um, I've got two great guests lined up for you today, both of which haven't been on the show before, so uh, I am very proud when that happens because usually we get one that, that you know somebody coming back and it's always fun too but it's always cool to get out and meet new people as well uh so this one comes as a referral from uh, from sarah fader who was on a little while ago talking about stigma fighters and and one of the people that contributes content to stigma fighters um, was Courtney uh, Kazee, and, and she uh, mentioned that, you know, Sarah said, you got to get Courtney on right away. That was the first thing that she said as soon as she hopped off. So, what am I going to No, you know, so I'm a nice guy, what the hell, and uh, I mean, this is something that, that kind of interests me, and, and uh, uh, Courtney has very bravely come forward and, and put up a blog of her own called Courtney's Voice. Uh, she's a, uh, just to give you some information on her, she's a 17-year-old uh, suicide survivor, as you mean, she uh, made an attempt, and uh, now uses her story to help others. Um, sort of battling the, the stereotypes that are associated with PTSD and, and mental illness, and she also contributes to Stigma Fighters Teen. Um, so without further ado, the cutting room floor proudly welcomes uh, Courtney Kazee. Uh, Courtney, how are you? Hi! I am wonderful. So the first question I always have for everybody that's new is, uh, is a bit of an icebreaker. Is that I get all of your bio information right? It's, it's okay to say no. But did I get all of that right, or is that close enough, as I like to say? You did awesome. All right, great, great. Uh, so, I mean, I don't really know that much about you, so I, I, you know, apart from what Sarah has told me, so maybe in your own words, maybe you could tell us a little more about yourself. Okay, um, I'm 17, and 
I have been through clinical depression, PTSD, anorexia, and have battled with anxiety since early childhood. And in November of 2014, I met Sarah, and she helped me to really open up and voice what I have been going through in order to help other people and inspire them to know that they're not alone. And it's been it's been an amazing journey becoming a member of Stigma Fighters because they're such an amazing group that help each other out and support each other. And when something happens, you have a crowd of people around you who love you and care about you. And it's the most amazing feeling, especially when you're battling something like clinical depression or PTSD or a self-harm addiction or anorexia like myself. But I, I guess, I mean, this is all, you dealt with all of this and, and you're 17. Yeah, uh, that, I, I get that a lot. No, and I, and I say that, you know, I, without any kind of condescension or anything like that, because uh, I mean, I, I, I guess, what was the turning point for you where, where you were able to sort of channel your energy in, into something that... Uh, was, I don't want to use the word constructive, but, but at least positive. Um, when I was 16, uh, actually I was 15, I was almost 16, I was attacked in a sexual way at school, and it led to a lot of my depression and other issues getting worse. And eventually I hit a point where I just was done with everything, I didn't want to live anymore, and I get online and I'm talking to a couple of my friends and I'm trying to discuss my feelings and then I find a website and it was encouraging self-harm and things like that and I was just like wow this is so stupid why would anybody encourage that why would anybody want to encourage someone to feel the way that I'm feeling right now and I decided that I was done with it I wanted to feel better and I wanted to help others because so many teens face the things that I'm going through and I wanted them to know they weren't alone and that suicide and self-harm and all of those things were not the answer to feeling better. So I just decided that I was going to start my own website, I was going to talk about what I've been through and I was going to reach out for help and talk about my process of reaching out for help and how it helps me and I started going to a counselor I started seeking help from friends and I started meeting a lot of people like Sarah who have helped me so much and I just wanted to give that back to everybody else that reads my stuff because I felt like no one should ever have to go through it alone now now and you know that was one of my next questions and you kind of touched on this is uh, at the risk of asking a question that's a little bit too personal but do you do you have somebody to help you professionally I do I um I go to a counselor and I have a ther a therapist that I go to every week Every um, week eh? okay I also do a couple of groups online that I talk to them and help them um and then they help me in return of course and I go to a psychiatrist for medications but now I just in terms of coming forward because this is a big step right that, that you're you're and I applaud you for it because not everybody is ever ready to do this right that 
that you come forward and a, a lot of people feel the need to hide it that they're you know they've got all these like I, I I've admitted that I suffer from anxiety attacks myself and it took me the longest time to start volunteering that to people right that um, but it was this something that you consulted with the people that are you know kind of helping you and and your doctors and things like that you say look I'm thinking about starting up this blog and uh, I guess what were some of the reactions that you got from the people that were closest to you and your support system when you said that you were going to do this? Well, my dad would be my biggest supporter. He was. He's my best friend. He's everything. My dad is amazing. And he just told me, looked me dead in the eye and was like, if you can help somebody, then you are my gift to the world. And it was, it was an amazing feeling to have so such support from my father. Um, my counselor, she's she's really supportive of it. Her only fear was that opening up and sharing it would bring back more flashbacks than what I already deal with. Um, but now, here we are almost a year later, and really it, it's helped me a lot to cope. And so she's really proud of me, and she's proud of the things that I do. Um, I have received negative feedback from some of the close people in my life saying that I don't need to be sharing such intimate details, that depression is a topic that should be kept closed, and that mental illnesses such as my own should not be discussed openly online, in life, ever. And so those those feedbacks kind of hurt. But then I get people who are like Sarah who tell me what I'm doing is so amazing, and it just... It makes me power through the negativity and keep with the positivity. But, it, I mean, it all depends on, on the, you know, the individual's comfort level, too, though, right? That, that uh, I okay. mean, you know, ultimately, everybody's responsible for their own treatment, and it's all about finding a, uh, a mix of things that, that works for you, right? That ultimately, oh, yeah. to, uh, to an extent, I don't want to say outside forces don't matter, but... but it's all about figuring out a way that, that you are comfortable with moving forward with what you have to do, right? Oh, yeah, I definitely, I agree 100%. And writing has always been such an outlet for me. So doing my blog and working with Stigma Fighters has helped me to cope with my problems because it's a way for me to get my emotions out in a way. And I know a lot of other people who feel the same way about writing or singing or music or any kind of hobby because hobbies can help you cope. And so really I just turned my hobby and my passion into my goals for life. Now you mentioned that writing was something that was helpful to you. Do you do other kinds of writing? Do you enjoy other kinds of writing apart from 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 dealing with the, um, I don't want to trivialize this, but let's just say the sad stuff. Like do you, do you enjoy <laughs> other forms of creative writing? Um, I do poetry. You I do? love okay. poetry. It's it's always been um, it's always been something that I was very passionate about. Um, my cousin and I used to do poems together, and she passed away, and so I gave up poetry for a little while. But the past year or so, I've started coming back to poetry. Um, I'm also I wrote a book, and I'm working on getting it published, and I'm working on another book. Two books before you turn eighteen. No. <laughs> Awesome. 
Right. Well, what are the books about? I, I like uh, are these memoir type things? Are these you know? Uh, uh, one of them is. One, okay, all right. And, and what, what's the other one? Is it like a, a fictional type thing, or, or what? It is, is. It is a fictional. Um, it's about a girl who is. Well, in the beginning, she's dead, but throughout the entire book, you kind of see why, what leads up to her dying. And you fall in love with her just to have your heart broken again. Interesting idea, and and, uh, and heavy <laughs> heavy material, but it sounds like a, it sounds really cool too. Um, so I mean, you, you you've got a very simple sort of out in the open kind of name for the blog. What, what can you tell us about Courtney's voice specifically? Well. It was, it used to be the intuitive dreamer, but I kept getting people who thought I was psychic. The reality was I had chosen intuitive dreamer for a different reason, but I um, sat down with one of my friends and I was like, I need to come up with a better name, something that fits what I'm doing. And they were like, okay, well, put your name in it. And I'm like, really? That's, that's basic. We're not going to be one of those simplistic people. And... I started thinking about it though and I was like what I'm doing is sharing my voice I'm giving a voice to people who are so often silenced such as teenagers because oftentimes we're told that our problems are not as important or that they're we're just being dramatic and things like that so I was like this is my voice what I'm doing is sharing my voice in the world and trying to make a difference right. and so it's, it reminds me of something that I've said many times. Uh, is I don't care what anybody says. Uh, you know, there are certain things that are just not a part of growing up, and it's uh, it's reprehensible to just sort of classify things that way, right? Yeah, yeah, I I will agree. I think that one of the hardest parts of talking about everything that I go through is the fact that ageism exists people judge based on age and I get judged based on my age on a daily basis. People tell me that what I'm doing is stupid, my voice doesn't matter, what I have to say is completely irrelevant in the world because I haven't experienced life. And it's like I said, told one of my friends, I was like, well, you know, one minute we have to raise our hands to go to the bathroom, the next minute we're allowed to vote for president. So. Exactly. Yeah, and that, you know, it's, it's 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 a really good way of putting it, right? You know, <laughs> sooner or later, I, you know, everybody's voice matters. It's just a matter of um, of when you ultimately get heard, right? Exactly. So I think what we're going to do, Courtney, is I'm going to take a break and um, for a couple of minutes here, a friend of mine named Paul Reeves out of Scotland sent me this uh, group out of um, out of the UK uh, uh, called uh, Deep River Running. Uh, we're going to play two songs by the end of the day, one in the first half and one in the second half. Uh, the title of the first one I thought was oddly appropriate, so uh, we're going to play Heal by Deep River Running. And then we're going to come back and talk about some of the things that you post and how you got involved with Stigma Fighters and a few of the other things. Is that okay? Awesome. Okay, so if you just mute up there for a minute, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. We're going to play Heal by Deep River Running. And you can find them on Reverb Nation or on YouTube. They've got a couple of really cool videos on YouTube, and that's where I'm going to source this video from. So again, thanks to Paul Reeves, and we'll be back in about four minutes.
that was Heal by uh, Deep River Running. And again, you can find them on Reverb Nation. Uh, and, or they've got a really cool video out there on YouTube with some uh, neat animations behind it. And again, thanks to uh, Nick Schinder uh, and Jackie over at the group who let me play this today. And I'm hoping to get them on in May at some point. And thanks to Paul for the, uh, the reference as always. I, I know that whenever Paul comes to me with something... Uh, he's been in my corner for about five years, but whenever he comes to me with something and says, Hey, Casey, I think you should take a look at this, I know I'm going to be blown away, and I haven't been disappointed yet. So, again, thanks, Paul. I know he's in the chat room there. Um, so, Courtney, are you still there? Yeah. All right. What did you think of that? Were you able to hear it? Uh, yeah, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, they got a, a little bit of a U2 feel to them, I thought. That was, uh, that was kind of cool. I was jamming along. Uh, so I, I guess we can sort of jump into a couple of more of the details about, uh, you know, some of the things that you blog about, right? Uh, and, um, first of all, uh, you know, having had this thing up for, for a year, right? Uh, what do you think is the most surprising thing that you've learned about either yourself or, or sort of the, uh, you know, the community in general to which you belong that, uh, that, that you picked up along the way? Like, what are some of the things that you've observed? Um... I did not realize how deeply rooted in stigmatism, like stigma is mental illness. Like I never realized how many people, I grew up in a small town. So of course I'm like, okay, I'm in a small town. That's why nobody thinks that any of this is important. But I get on the internet and then I'm posting and I get so much hateful comments. And I'm like, are you people kidding me? And I think that that's what, um, has surprised me the most, but then being in a group like Stigma Fighters, um, which I've been lucky um, lucky enough to become a member of, um, has really shown me how much positivity is also out there, um, and how many people. I started doing research on statistics and things like that, and just seeing how many people suffer, how many people go through the things that I do, has been really jaw-dropping. I mean, it was just surprising to see so many other people go through the things that I do and then to see a community of people come together and support each other and try to end that stigma is just <coughs> amazing. It's it's the best feeling in the world, especially like recently there was a trend on Twitter um, with the hashtag cut for Zane and all of us stigma fighters came together and were tweeting against it like, please don't do this, please don't harm yourself, and sending out hotline numbers and positive messages to all of those people and seeing a community come together to fight something like that just it was one of the best feelings I have ever experienced. So, so for, for anybody who didn't know of that hashtag, well, what was the story behind that? And why was it so important? Was this one of these groups that you mentioned that, that for some reason or another was advocating bad behavior? or? Well, basically, um, Twitter has now had this problem twice where they have a hashtag come out that's cut for, like they had it cut for Bieber and now they have cut for Zane and somebody starts it most of the time it's by 4chan and it's completely hateful and it's encouraging self-harm it's encouraging these people to do these things to themselves over a band member or a famous person and they send out all kinds of pictures a lot of them are from other things people who self-harm and 
they find the pictures online and then they post it or they'll post pictures making fun of people who self-harm like some people were putting ketchup on their arm and with a, a knife and was like oh I'm cutting for Zane and there's just a lot of negativity and making fun of self-harming but at the same time it was really triggering for a lot of people who suffer from self-harm because here are these images of people who have cut before here are these pictures telling people one of them that I think I despise the most was um, if you're gonna do it do it right and oh, it said God. cut down the road not across the street and that image really was triggering for me and so we came together to kind of push it out put all of that negativity away and support people who've been self-harming and take try to get people to take self-harm as a more serious topic no i mean i, I mean that was i, I just you sent shivers down my spine when you started talking about this stuff but all because one guy decides he's going to leave a group right Qu quits his job yep. and no we can't have that and i just it makes me sick um so, so I, I guess uh, I, I just sort of wanted to bring uh, Ruben Romero into the discussion, Courtney. He's going to be my guest in the second half. Ruben, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm right here. Hey, it's, it's Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm nursing a, a, a cold. I'm just uh, I'm just now getting out of bed. Well, you, you, you and me both. I don't know what it is, but this sinus thing that I had has chased me for about two weeks. Oh, my so, God. So uh, I, I just wanted to introduce you to uh, a, a very brave and talented young woman here, Courtney Casey, who's on the uh, uh, show. She's uh, has a blog that, that helps teenagers who are, uh, who are fighting uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and anxiety and various other forms of mental illness. Oh, well, that's a, that's a very important topic. I think nowadays that, that kind of stuff gets overlooked. Um, I think that, you know, there seems to be this uh, mentality that just because kids are kids, they have an easy life. And um, and that's not the case anymore, you know, with Internet, uh, bullying and, and just and just being a kid in general. It's hard to fit in. You know, uh, everybody's growing up so fast uh, that it's it's hard to to kind of find you know, a good group of people to, to kind of have your back and, and, and grow up with. And, um, and I think that any kind of information, any sort of education that helps those kind that helps kids like that, I think is very important. So my hat, my hats go off to you, young lady. I like you. <laughs> there you go. Right. Straight from a comic book publisher out of Miami there. Right. Down in, uh, at least closer to your part of the country. Right, Courtney. Okay. Uh, awesome. there you go. How's that for a soundbite for you? Right. Uh, okay, and uh, Courtney, we have to tie this up, but but I want to make sure that we get in a good solid plug for for Stigma Fighters, for your work with Sarah, for your own blog. Uh, you know, I, I I I applaud what you're doing. I think it takes a lot of guts and a lot of patience, and and it's a, it's a big exercise in strength, and and I, I wish you nothing but the best of success and health and happiness with it. Okay. Thank you. So where can people go to learn more about you? Courtney'sVoice.com. On Twitter, I am Courtney's underscore voice. And Facebook page is Facebook.com backslash Courtney's voice. Nice and simple. Okay, so tell Sarah, nice so, so, just, so tell Sarah I said hi. And, and uh, if you need me to promote anything for you, then you let me know. Okay? Awesome. Thank you. Bye. You're welcome. Have a nice day. All right. Okay, and Ruben, are you there? 
Yes, sir. All right. Okay. So in the second half of the show, again, we were talking with Courtney Kesey, who is, uh, operates Courtney's Voice. Uh, very powerful blog. Uh, not the easiest thing to read, but but covers a lot of important material. Uh, uh, sort of an interesting source of information if you're you know, of that mindset or if you're looking for somebody who is along the same wavelength. Uh, again, I applaud anybody that's willing to come forward and, and share their stories about stuff like that. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely hard to stand up and and you know speak for, speak not only for yourself but for a generation that you know that seems kind of lost at this point, um, and and really have something to say about it, and not just you know oh I, you know I like this YouTuber or I like you know it's kind it's crazy. I have my twelve year old son and I watch him grow up. I'm watching him grow up and I'm and I, and I kind of you know I'm glad that I I'm a young parent because I'm I'm up to date and I'm aware of like the trends and what's going on and uh and you know i'm definitely not my my mom's you know i'm not my dad you know my dad was so unaware of what was going on when we were growing up you know they were out of the loop um so it's just it's difficult it's tough it's tough to grow up nowadays it really is i i know i always say people too that i'm, I'm in a way i'm really glad that i didn't go to high school when facebook was around yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I just, I can't. Serious. I mean, that, that, that takes bullying to a whole new level of, of, of permanence. And, and I, I just, oh, I, I, it makes me shudder just to think about it. Yeah, uh, it's a scary generation. It definitely. is. It is. Uh, so Ruben Romero is my guest in the second half. And uh, he's the chief creative officer at Think Alike Productions based out of uh, Florida. Um, he's originally from Tampa, but now he lives in Miami. And uh, I wanted to give a quick thank you to Bob Sally, who was on the show just last week to talk about this. I hadn't heard of these guys beforehand. Uh, Bob, of course, has been on the show twice to, to talk about uh, salvagers. And uh, uh, Ruben, I should say, also is the head writer and co-creator uh, of another one of the titles under uh, Think Alike Productions called The Agency, which we're going to be talking about. Uh, so without further ado, uh, the Cutting Room Floor welcomes Mr. Ruben Romero. Uh, Ruben, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. So the first question, I, as I was kidding with uh, with Courtney there before, uh, that I have for new people that have never been on before, uh, is did I get all of your bio information right? It's a bit of an icebreaker. Did I was that close enough? As I like to say, you did. You did. Actually, the only thing you you got reversed was um was I'm originally from Miami, but now I reside in Tampa. So, oh, okay. All right. I got I got the two cities right though. Right, you got the two cities right okay. there. How far <laughs> apart are the two? I, I, I mean, you about know, four hours. About, about four, four hours? hours away. Yeah. Okay, so that's not too too far, right? No, it's not. It's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. We drive down there all the time. Uh, my wife's sister and uh, my, you know, her her sister and her her kids live down there, so we go and visit all the time. So I, I guess you know I'll start with a basic question with you. I mean, you're an entrepreneur, and and I gather that you and your wife are actually working on this together, right? Right. Yep. So yeah, right. so so how, how did you and it, for something that I, this is one of these little ironic things that I I, I like playing with words and uh, for so, for somebody who's trying to start off and differentiate themselves, you pick kind of a curious name and think alike, right? Right. Right. Where did that come from? Um, I. I, I gotta I gotta say that um, the name was birthed really out of all of us, uh, and I, when I say all of us, I mean my wife and and our best friend uh, Roger Cabrera, who's also a, a writer on the book. Um, we kind of just had the same mindset, you know. We were all living together at the time, and we were just like, we have to do something that's you know something different, something out of the box. 
um, something that's going to further us along our path of what we, you know, ultimately want to do. And, uh, and we started, you know, thinking about what, what, it, what that, what that something was going to be. And, uh, and eventually it turned into, you know, taking our, our screenwriting, you know, hobby and turning it into a comic book writing hobby. And that really turned into a job really. And, uh, and one day my wife was, we were, we were all discussing some things and, and, uh, and her and Roger kind of had a moment and she was like, Oh, you know, great minds think alike. And, uh, and she kind of paused for a second and she was, um, and we were, had been contemplating the name of the company for a while now. And she was like, she was like, what do you guys think about that? And we were like, what? She was like, think alike productions. And I was like, you know what, that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we're, we're, we're the same mindset. We, we do think alike in a lot of ways. Um, and it just seemed to fit. So we just went forward with that. So you, you, you know, three people that had the same vision that were uniting around, uh, I, I guess it was the one title, right, that you started with, the agency? Right, right. We, um, we started with the agency, um, and it's been, a, it's been a tumultuous process. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's been four years in the making, uh, two different artists. We've been, we were turned down by several publishers, uh, and we finally just said, you know what, we're, we're going to do this on our own. We have a vision. We love it. Uh, we believe people will love it, and uh, we were, you know, we were blessed enough to have somebody who believes in us uh, come in and kind of, you know, uh, put in his two cents, you know, figuratively and literally, uh, uh, yeah, with money and and with his mind. Uh, his name is Benjamin Sharbet. He's our executive producer. He came in and he comes from. He's from Miami as well, but his his father and his background is in is in film, and he's. He deals with a lot of IP overseas and stuff like that. And he fell in love with the idea of the agency and was like, you know, this could be huge for us. Um, so, you know, I, I, I kind of pitched him the whole idea of the story and what where I wanted to take it. Um, and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And, uh, and we were able to, you know, put it together and, and find a great artist in Eric Coda. Uh, and, uh, and been able to tell our story. We're about to, we're about to release our fifth issue. Uh, that's going to wrap up the first arc and, uh, and hopefully from there we'll be able to keep on, you know, keep on, keep on, on telling the story really, because, uh, I've got a lot of secrets that I've held back. I've got a lot of backstory that I held back and, uh, and I'm just hoping to, to continue to tell the story of the agency. So I, I and uh, you know again at the risk of asking an ignorant question, what is the story of the agency? I, I, what what world have we created here, Ruben? Um, a lot of people uh, we refer to it as um, there. We refer to it as uh, Harry Potter meets Mission Impossible minus the wands. So uh, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's Harry Potter and, and Mission Impossible. Yeah, minus the wands. I, I gotta so, I gotta see this thing. Holy Jesus. Yeah. Uh, so we set our story in the real world, and essentially what's going on is uh, our world is being overran by dark mage terrorist cell groups, and instead of sending out the FBI or the CIA, our government creates the IAM, the International Agency of Magic. So that way we can kind of combat magic with magic. And uh, it centers in around Riley Dean. He's a 15-year-old orphan who accidentally triggers his magical capabilities trying to stop a robbery. And that gets him sucked into this whole government espionage uh, spy world. And, uh, and yeah, if I tell you any more, I'm going to be spoiling it. So, so what kind of demographic are you shooting for here? Is this um, you know, for adults or is this you know, friendly for teenagers? I guess, uh, you know, where are you I going think, with it? 
Um, I think we go across the board, really. I mean, I allow my 12-year-old son to read it. Um, uh, I, and I think that it's, it's in content, uh, in, its, in its blood, it's, it's adult enough where we do touch on some adult themes and, and we do get a little dark. Uh, I got some dark places I want to go with it uh, as far as the villains go and some of the backstory on some of our agents. I mean, uh, government spies are usually, uh, usually swim in these moral gray areas. So, you know, I, again, I think it's, it's for kids, but it's also for adults. I think, I think definitely it can, it can be for both. Now, uh, I, I got to touch on this. I want to, uh, you know, do a couple of little fan questions for you in each half of this interview. Now, mm-hmm. you, you brought up something that, that kind of strikes a bit of a nerve with me and that you were a child of the 80s like I was, right? So, right. So um, how did that kind of influence the the direction that you took or, or the, the color that, that the, the comic took on in, in and of itself? Um, I think that if you if if you sit back and you read the first arc of the agency, if it doesn't, you know, uh, I, I think it should strike some sort of chord with you, uh, it, with like Indiana Jones, the Goonies, these kind of, those kinds of adventures, larger than life adventures. Even you know, even though it's a comic book and it's confined to these boxes, these little panels, I tried, you know, working with Eric, I really tried to make it feel like an Indiana Jones movie, kind of like the last crusade almost where like every little thing is important. And because again, I, we, we didn't know how far we were going to get, uh, you know, if we were going to go after, you know, if we're going to keep going after issue five. Um, so I wanted to, I wanted it to be larger than life and I wanted it to give whoever, you know, whoever was reading it, that, that kind of feeling where you're on, you know, you're going on this epic adventure and, and you're, and you're kind of, you know, side by side next to this 15 year old kid who really doesn't know what he, you know, what is going on and is thrown into like this adult world with all these powers and all these villains. And, you know, all of a sudden you're there in the middle with him and, and, and you get to enjoy this adventure. You get to enjoy this ride. So I think that that's, that's kind of like what I took from the eighties, you know, when it, when it came to like writing this, that the, those were the things that I enjoyed about those movies, about growing up in that era, because it felt like in the Goonies, it felt like Indiana Jones, that I was right there with them. I was short round. Uh, I was mouth. You know, it was yeah. it, it, it was that it was those feelings that I wanted to convey. So, you know, it, like uh, kids having adventures in the uh, in the growing up world kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now uh, I I gotta ask you this just because anytime anybody brings up the eighties and and you know that kind of entertainment, what is your favorite guilty vice from uh, from from that period? In terms in terms, <laughs> uh, in terms of entertainment, I'm not talking about any kind of fat or anything like that. But in terms of pop culture, what is your favorite guilty vice from that period? I would I would probably I would probably have to say the eighties cartoons. I mean you know, and not just any specific one. All of them. I grew up you know, <laughs> waking up like at 5.30 in the morning and turning on the TV on Saturday mornings and just vegging out. So uh, I think that, the, you know, that's that, that's that got to be my vibe. That and action figures, man. I mean, 
uh, I'm still a little kid to this day. If you walk into my house, I have Star Wars action figures in glass cases and, and DC statues lining my walls. And my wife is like, she was like, I, I, I married a huge child. And I'm like, well, you know, I was like, you got what you asked for. Um, so, yeah, I mean, cartoons and action figures, those are my guilty vices of the 80s. My, my wife, honestly, has, has told me repeatedly, she says, because I collect movies, I've got thousands of the things. And, and right. uh, m my wife has said, you know what, the one thing that I was always very grateful about with you was that you didn't get into the, the, the action figure or the figurine thing. Because <laughs> that takes up so much more space than, than I mean, you, you, it gets to the point where you don't know what to do with them. <laughs> Oh, you have no idea. I'm as I'm talking to you, I'm looking around and I'm like, I'm like, man, I need more space. You know, <laughs> I, I I need more space for more toys. You need need yeah, a bigger no, man definitely. cave. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So I, I think what we're gonna do, Ruben, is we're gonna take a, a quick little break here, and I'm gonna play another track by Deep River uh, Running, and and then we're gonna come back and talk a little bit more about. Um, you know what you guys are doing some of the other titles that you have and and uh, do a little bit of a deeper dive and um, on some of these other things all right sounds good sounds good okay so if you could just mute up there and we're gonna be back in another four minutes and this one is called uh, don't give it up and again this is by uh, deeper River running out of the UK and uh, thanks to Jackie and Nick for having let me play this and we'll be back with Ruben Romero uh, in just a second Control who I am 
Don't Give It Up by Deep River Running. And again, you can find these guys on Reverb Nation. And uh, thank you very much to uh, Deep River Running for having let me play those two songs today and to Paul Reeves for having pointed them in my direction. Uh, always have fun working with Paul. Uh, so, Ruben, you still there? Yep, I'm right here. What did you think of that? It sounds, it's good music, good music. It sounds almost like something like The, the Walking Dead would play like during one of their Fallout scenes you know yeah yeah one of one of those uh you know fade to black right before the uh the, the credits roll at the end kind of thing right oh yeah. yeah oh yeah um so back to think alike right i mean you guys started with this one title and and uh you mentioned that you've been at this for you said close to four or five years yeah four years it's been about four years in the making and um you know it, it really it just started out with us wanting to write a comic book and produce a comic book. And then, and then, like I said, you know, we, we got turned down by a few uh, of the indie publishers. And, um, and I started to realize um, that there was kind of uh, a system set in place for the indie comic book world. And, um, and it felt like you had to be part of and, you know, this is me. This is, you know, this is my mentality. Uh, so, don't you know, I don't want anybody to think that this is the norm or whatever. But this is what I feel from my experience uh, working in this world, uh, in this industry for the last four, four or five years. Uh, it feels like you have to be part of the big two to kind of transition. So you have to have to have your name in the game for X amount of years before you can produce your book that is your story you know uh, so people can actually vouch for it and say well yeah this guy is you know this guy's a good writer this guy's a good artist you know and together they make a great book so if you're just like joe schmo who wants to put out their comic book well you know it's kind of hard you know it's kind of hard press that you're going to end up on you know one of the big major indie publishers there there's not there, there's far and in between where you find a robert kirkman you know what I'm saying? So um, to me, I just felt like I wanted to to open a door and create a place where other independent creators such as myself who have great stories uh, and, 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 and good concepts and, and a passion for comic books to kind of come home and say, OK, this is you know, this is where I, I, I hang my hat. This is where I lay my head and this is the team that I'm going to fight for and that I'm going to go out there and, and you know, and, and try to put on the map. And that's what we're doing with Think Alike, you know, and that's, you know, that Bob Sally is, 
you know, the the prime example of 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 the kind of creator that that we want to work with. I mean, the dude is just you know, a machine. He's sun up, sun down. We are texting back and forth every day. I mean, my wife jokes, she's like, that's your new best friend. She's like, you need to go to Boston. I mean, we've never met face to face, but just over the phone, you know, speaking with him, talking to him, uh, reading Salvagers, uh, seeing how what he does with Salvagers online uh, and, and in the social media networks. I mean, this this is a very passionate person and that's exactly what, you know, that's why I, I went out and, and kind of recruited him because uh, I just, you know, I felt that passion. So, you know, that's what we wanted to do. And, and now we have him. We have Alex Lobato, who is the writer creator of, uh, of Max Hunter. We have Kevin Mills, who is the uh, writer creator of Sakuro. Uh, I'm adapting a screenplay uh, called Pray for Angels. That is, it's a retelling of, uh, of the Jack the Ripper story. The, the movie should start filming next year in, uh, in Paris, uh, starring Connie Nielsen. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of good things going on with Think Alike. And, and like I said, it's just we wanted to create a, an independent home, for, a, a, a home for independent creators uh, that, that so they don't have to go through all the, the BS and all the red tape. And we can just put out our books and, and make some noise. You know? uh, and I, I want to get back to the screenwriting thing in a second because yeah. I, I, you know, that was something I planned to ask you about. But, but uh, I'll throw one more good name. I mean, you've got... You know, George Acevedo, who is um, one hell of an artist too, right? Oh, man. He, I mean, what he's what he's done with Salvagers, you know, and I tell Bob all the time, I'm like, I might, you know, I need to steal that guy for like a spinoff issue or something because, I mean, you know, together they just make, they, they make beautiful music. Uh, it's, it's, it's this thing where it's like, uh, the partnership, I, I can't say enough good things about them. I, I, I tell, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, I'm, we're so blessed to have these guys, uh, you know, and, and, and Salvagers is just one of those stories where I'm, I'm as big a fan of Salvagers as I am of my own, of my own book, uh, uh, of the agency. And, and sometimes even more because it's like, I already know what's going to happen with the agency. You know, Bob doesn't tell me everything that's going to, you know, he'll give me some hints and clues as do I with, with, with the agency. But you know, I, I anticipate and I sit there and I wait and he's like, Oh, I'm going to send you the script. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, send it to me, send it to me. So, you know, and then he'll like, he'll shoot me picture messages of, uh, of Acevedo stuff you know, working on covers and different, and I'm, I'm like, this guy's a monster. I mean, you know, they're, they're really, you know, they've really got a great, 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 great story going on there. Now, I, I want to take a step back uh, to, to something that you mentioned really to kick off the, the interview is that this, right. I, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm phrasing this properly, but uh, this all stemmed from, from you and your wife had a, um, a love of screenwriting. Is that it? Is that how you really got started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did music for about ten years. I I, I rapped for about ten years, and and uh, and really, it was always writing. Like writing always uh, was 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 my escape route. Um, I know a lot of rappers nowadays. They 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 claim you know they like to say, oh, I don't write. I don't write. I I just get in the booth and I do my thing. And I'm like I'm like you have no idea what it feels like to sit down with 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 a piece of paper and a pen and just and just really just go off for you know 60 70 80 bars you know of music and just write and just like really release your mind uh you're putting you know you you put an infinite amount of pressure on yourself when you go in 
not being, you know, with with nothing prepared, with nothing written down. Um, so writing to me was always so important. I wrote fan fiction when I was in middle school. I, I wrote I wrote Star Wars and and Sequest fan fiction when I was in middle school. Uh, and then, like I said, I, I transitioned into rapping and 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 put, you know and did that for ten years. And then um, one day, my my friend was like, "Oh, there, there there's a screenwriting contest for Amazon," and I was like. Oh, I can do that. You know, if I can write a song, I can write a movie. Um, and I had I had always had this this vision of a of a zombie movie, kind of like a half baked or or Pineapple Express meets Zombieland type of movie. Um, and uh, and we wrote it, and we got a lot of great feedback. And uh, obviously, we didn't win. The movie didn't get made, but you know, I got a lot of great feedback, and 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 it turned into like this this thing where you know in six months i had me and you know we had written like three or four scripts and it was like we just wanted to write and keep writing and all of a sudden we were just staring at a bunch of scripts we couldn't make because these weren't indie movies so you know we said okay well what what you know how can we transition this well where can we go from there or from here and uh and i was reading the walking dead at the time and and my best friend was like why don't we write a comic book and i was like it's like yeah you're right i was like Let's let's write a comic book, uh, and then the search was on for you know for what we were going to write about and how we were going to do that. Now, you, you mentioned that you also had the uh, this Jack the Ripper property that that you're working yeah. on too, right? Is is this the first time that um, anything has actually been optioned that you, that, that that you know you're going to see your screenplay turned into something? I, well, it's it's actually not my screenplay. I was actually I was actually tapped to adapt the screenplay oh. into the into the graphic novel. So okay. I'm working reverse right. now. So it was uh, it's it's actually from another writer uh, named Christian Fraga who's a very, very talented uh, gentleman uh, who lives out in New York. And um, he, had this, he has this really great vision of, uh, of Jack the Ripper and, you know, and that story. And uh, we sat down, we met out in New York uh, while I was getting, when I was getting married. Uh, I met through my, our executive producer, Benjamin Sharp. Benjamin was like, oh, you guys have to sit down. You guys will love each other. He loves Lost. You love Lost. You guys got to talk. And, you know, we started talking and he was like, hey, I've got this idea for this movie. And he told us the idea of, of what, you know, what he wanted to, you know, what he wanted to do with Jack the Ripper. And me and my wife were like blown away, gave us goosebumps. And um, and then Ben was like, hey, by the way, you know, a couple months later, you know, we left the meeting or whatever, you know, as friends. And we met somebody new and very interesting. And, you know, I was like, you know, a few months later, uh, I'm on the phone with Ben. And he's like, hey, by the way, I optioned. The graphic novel rights for pray for angels and i was like oh really i was like who's gonna write it for you and he was like you are and i was like oh okay you know and he was like well he was like well you're gonna adapt it he was like you're gonna take the screenplay and you know you don't gotta change anything you just gotta you know you just gotta put this movie you know this 200 page screenplay into into a graphic novel format and i said okay well let me you know i've never done that before but i'm, I'm pretty sure i can do it and uh lord and behold we're we're three issues in as far as art goes um and we should be releasing issue one very, very soon. Very, very soon. Uh, we're, we're getting down to the uh, the short part of it here, Ruben, but I want to make sure we okay. give it a good solid plug for all of your various websites and everything. Where can yeah. people go to learn more about your uh, to learn more about your work? Okay. Uh, the easiest one is probably Facebook. So uh, facebook.com uh, backslash 
the agency comic book. It should be Think Alike Productions, but it's the agency comic book. Facebook will not let me change it. Um, and th- and there you're gonna f- or you can just search Think Alike Productions, where the little yellow bulb it says tap T A P inside the bulb. Uh, we're on Twitter at Think Alike Pro. You can also visit our website, uh, theagencycomicbook.com or thinkalikeproductions.com. Thinkalikeproductions.com should be live within the next week or so. Uh, but mostly just Facebook. I mean, you know, especially if you want to reach out to us and get a hold of us, Facebook is definitely the way to go. Okay, well, Ruben, what can I tell you? This has been a lot of fun. Uh, this is a great interview, and uh, you know, certainly Bob was uh, was right in the praises that he sang for you. So, uh, I, I was proud to have you on. Best of luck with Think Alike. I, I, I hope that you really you hit it big with this. And, and uh, you know, certainly if you want to come back in a few months when you have something else that you want to talk about, then I'd be proud to have you again. Oh yeah, man! Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm sorry I sound like a, a sick robot, but you know I, I I love my time on here, and uh, I really appreciate you having me on. No, well, you, you and me both. I've been sitting here trying to fight the urge to use this Kleenex that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> my streak is unbroken. I've been doing the show for five years, and I still haven't sneezed on air yet. Okay, just let me enjoy my small victory. <laughs> uh, okay, so a quick thank you to Ruben Romero and to uh, Courtney Kesey, who was on the first half, as well as Bob Sally and Sarah Fader, who acted as the references to see this uh, episode up. Um, and, of course, one last time to Deep River Running for letting me use their music today. Uh, I'm going to be back at the same time next week. Uh, I've got a couple of great guests lined up for Easter Sunday, so uh, make sure that you're here at the same time next week. So have a great week, and uh, I'll be talking to you soon. Until then, uh, on behalf of my guests, you've been listening to Casey Ryan on the cutting room floor. Cut, print, wrap, and I am done. That was another edition of the cutting room floor with your host, Casey Ryan. Follow Casey on Twitter at Cutting Room MRB and on Facebook, The Cutting Room Floor. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.